podcast about anything comedy in the Philippines. For those who didn't know that we actually have a thriving comedy scene, we do. We're going to be getting to know these people who write comedy, do stand-up, improv music, all forms of comedy on this show. So my name is Aaron Cristobal, and today we are joined by a longtime friend of mine, an all-around funny guy who is now a professional wrestler Man. under the Philippine Wrestling Revolution, or PWR, which, by the way, I think all of you should go see. They do have a Facebook page that you can go to. So just look for Philippine Wrestling Revolution. It is amazing. Whether or not you're a wrestling fan, you're going to love it. So please welcome professional wrestler Grab Camus, also known by his real name, Raf Camus. Hey! Hi, Aaron. Welcome. I was going to say that Depending on when this episode drops, I might not be Grab Camus anymore. Oh! Depending depending on things. There is yeah. a storyline. There are storylines. I had to check with you mm-hmm. because I didn't want to step on any toes by calling PWR comedy. So, you know, some people might be like, no, this is a craft of wrestling. And so I really had to check with you. And you did say that it is comedy. So yeah. thank you for being here on the it's, show. Because when you look at wrestling, it doesn't just cover what people think a fight is supposed to be. Because it's not a fight. There's so many elements that you don't expect to be there. But when you slice it up, comedy is almost central to the wrestling experience. Absolutely. When I watched, there were a lot of laughs coming from the audience because it just gets really silly. It can. And there's something that is a little unique to the Philippine wrestling scene. Hmm. That is, our audience plays a big part in the experience. For example, we have we have like this entire section of, they started out as strangers, became friends, and then became like a solid group that occupied one space every show for the better part of the first two years of our existence. Wait, I think I've heard You've these heard guys. You've heard these guys. These are the guys that heckle. Yes. And then they always have a chant. And they make up chants, they make up signs, and they just bring out the absurdity of the wrestling. They channel it themselves and then throw it back at you in the ring. When you think about it, you don't expect that. You have to react right. in a way that is appropriate to their silliness. So in a way, the audience is actually a huge part of the performance. It's of the about half match. the show. If you want to philosophize wrestling, what differentiates it from MMA and boxing is that I want a costume. I will ask <laughs> Well, they they borrowed some of that already. Right, right. Like right. when when fighters walk out, it Capes. gets more elaborate. But when you have a professional wrestling match, the audience is not just a viewer, but they are a participant. Now you have to look at them and be like, okay, what's gonna work here? What's mm. gonna work? in this moment for people to say, okay, I'm enjoying myself at this show. Why do I get invested in this character? And Oh, this is already wrestling. wrestling this is PWR. P- P- well, PWR and in WWE. general around the world. You cater to your audience and the audience throws so much back at you. It's not one-way street. Eh? You can't yeah. just be there, hit move, suplex here, run outside, pin one, two, three. That's not wrestling. That's basically a fight staged. For the sake of putting on a fight. But if you listen to the audience, you time that big shot. I think one of the best examples is, let's take the people's elbow of The Rock. One of the most iconic moves where there's so much anticipation that he builds there. If you've only seen it on TV, there's a zoom out even for this thing. But the audience, the second that he looks out to them, 
takes off that elbow pad, throws it at them, and he starts like, you know what's coming next. One, two, runs the ropes, hits it. One, two, hits an elbow. It's all theatrics. And that doesn't work. It doesn't become the most electrifying move in sports entertainment if the audience doesn't respond. If they're just dead man. If they're just dead man. Walang kwenta, walang effect. You're literally just throwing your elbow less than five feet down with minimal impact. The physics doesn't make sense. It's so hokey. But everyone who's ever watched wrestling in the 90s or who knows The Rock and has seen some of his wrestling can be like, Oh my (laughs) God! And even after they hit him, the whole, Oh, the audience doing that. It's a big part of the performance. And, you know, the same goes for every other little aspect of the Mm. wrestling. I have a question. You Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier that there is a big difference between international wrestling and PWR. Oh, yeah. Our audience is one of the key selling points for us. Mm. When we have foreign wrestlers come over, they always say that our audience in particular is very warm. I'm also one of the guys who helps drive around the other talent that are visiting. So what happens is like... Hence grab. It's one of the reasons... We'll be talking about it after a show, like the day after a show on the way to the airport. They'll tell you. You don't even have to prompt them. Eh. You're just like, so how did you enjoy the show? How did you like the experience? And they're like, I have not met one wrestler who will not tell me that this is like every other place. Like It's like Chicago. It's like wrestling in Japan. They always say, your audience is one of the most insane that they have ever met because they run through the whole gamut of emotions the the highs the lows the laughs and the tears come in our show and for the internationals who notice it and even our guys who go abroad you come here they will insult you very intelligently i have heard some of the most insane things shouted out during a match like for a visiting wrestler there's a guy who comes from malaysia and i think they got into what's the chicken dish Nasi, Malaysia, nasi goreng. Nasi lemak. Oh, just kidding, lemak. What, one, one, of, one of the the chicken, the fried the chicken, chicken dish, one, the fried yeah. chicken one. They started a chant for let's say the, for the Malaysian dish, and then it's like ta 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 jolly bee, ta 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 chicken joy. <laughs> Because people will be like, okay, we're going to make it regional, but we're going to make it about food. Because we know this guy had inasal the day before with the wrestlers as a welcome dinner. And then they'll be like, oh, the inasal's pretty great. Nasi lemak's better. And then now they'll just run into him. And, you think your food's good? Our wrestlers are better and our chicken is better. So it's an insult. But I'm not really insulting you. I'm just talking food. Exactly. We're just talking food and we're going to throw you off during a match. Whereas you go anywhere else. It's like, they, yeah, go, they go, go, go. It's like, oh, you're Filipino. Ha ha. You're a domestic helper. It's like, and then it's like, that's low. But your chicken is inferior to our chicken. Where did this come from? Yeah, where did this come from? But it's funny. Let's yeah. run with it. Yeah. For the storyline, how much creative control do you have with your characters or with the story itself? With us, when you come into wrestling, you first learn how to move and how to hit your moves. Mm. And then slowly along the way, you might find a character that works for you. So what happens is you can have a very polished version of your character. And when you get out there to do, say, for example, your first match. Yeah. If the character doesn't resonate, then you go back to the drawing board with other people. It's very reactionary. If the audience doesn't respond, there's this thing that we say in wrestling. Getting a good reaction and a bad reaction is a reaction in itself. When you get no reaction, that's when things are going bad. If you're pissing people off with your character, well and good. You can be a bad guy. And they'll remember you And they'll remember you for it. You play the heroic character. People will remember you for that. 
you try hard, you be a plucky underdog, people will respond to that. But right. if there is nothing, there's just crickets, which is hard to achieve in our promotion because our fans are so ridiculous. Yeah. If you're getting absolutely nothing, then we worry because yeah. we have to retool you. We have to see what can we do? How do we draw this out from you? Like who you want to be, who you want to perform as, and who people will respond to. So it's kind of like when stand-up comics write jokes, but they test it out. Yeah, and they, if it they go, go work, to an open mic. Go to an open mic. Yeah. See what works. If you bomb, well, at least you tried. It's the same way with us on a macro and micro level. You can go out and have a whole package. Like you can have a video package telling them, I am Grab Camus. I am a Grab driver from Does It Even Matter? Right. I drive people in cars and everything I do is transportation related. I dress up in Grab Green. I shoot my videos in cars every move that I do has a name that is hit and run the I love surge it. I we do had wanna, things like that I do want to hear like your moves in a bit Go we ahead. had all of that and we packaged it together but no one believes you he doesn't look like a grab driver if no one responded to that what's the whole point of everything what's exactly. the whole point of the packaging because people will just be like you're a fake Mm. And especially in wrestling, wrestling fans tend to be a little smarter than you give them credit for mm. because they can see through inauthentic, like your inauthenticness. And that's like, that's why when I say that the audience is a big part of it, they know it. They know when you're faking it. They know when you're trying too hard. I don't know if I've seen that in your shows because I've seen, I've seen maybe two or three shows. Yeah. But and you've know. seen it, you've seen it across like different different oh, periods yeah. and of in PWR. fact the characters have changed completely yes. because I watched one on a different year so mm -hmm. by the next year that I watched ibang iba na talaga sila <laughs> so interesting mm -hmm. but wait I want to hear go, about go, go. your moves because you were mentioning it earlier okay. and you gave these names no I'm one of the guys who tends to have a better relationship with our fans no one really is going to be murdered by our fans of like if they come out but with me kasi my character was a fan suggestion. Grab Gamus was a joke that a fan started out as a meme and then it graduated into, wait, we have something here. Let's make, let's run with it and make it your own. And then I have this move. What do we call it? Just call it the hit and run. It <laughs> looks like a hit and run and you're gonna, yeah. when technically it is a spear through somebody and I flip through it and it looks like the guy just got hit, hit and, and run. run. And it's things like that that you're like, you don't think about it. But it happens. It's and a very like, organic way for you to come up with a yeah. movie name. And I didn't think about that. People were like, that's what it is. Hinit and ran mo siya. He's dead. Ah, so sila nagbibigay. Well, in my case. In my case, there, there's sometimes that the suggestion of the audience is too good not to run with it. Oh. And then, it's, it's, like, it's very much like improv. Yeah, na, pretty much. That was I was going to say that next. Now, it's like, if something works or something, you have a feeling that something will work, but it's not your own idea, you still sort of run with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it will make people happy. It, it makes people happy yeah. or it was worth the attempt. Because so much of wrestling is you have mm. to try it out at some point. You have to open mic it. You have to open mic it. Even if something happened at a show very recently, um, it was our late January show. We had this girl versus one of our guys. And he was trying to bring her up to his level. Like, I want to see what you can bring. But no mercy, just because you're a girl. I'm going to hit you with everything. And then he got to this position where he's standing above her. And she's on all fours. Just like, oh, I am beat. I am beat. And somebody knew that he was, he's been in the gym and he's been practicing new lifts. Okay. He's like, deadlift mo nga siya. And he's like, well, okay. 
does it, lifts her over his head, and then almost breaks her back, like as a move. As a move. And then everyone was like, he actually deadlifted her and she's broken. And that's one instance where it's an audience suggestion. It's out of nowhere, but in your head. Makes sense. It's there. The moment is there. The setup is there. Everyone is in place. Why not? And then now it, we pass it around as a GIF and then people are just like, wow, that looks brutal. <laughs> yeah. And you said that most of this comes from the audience, most of the comedic attempt. But I have seen shows where it's actually super ridiculous and super funny. So oh, yes. what would you say from the shows that you've worked on was the funniest, most ridiculous moment? Oh, man. I'm oh, sure there man. are There's a lot. So many. Do you want, where do you want to go? Because we've seen some of like the silliest physical comedy okay happen like with moves so it's like if you do moves in a certain sequence because when you start working with seasoned wrestling viewers you sort of are preconditioned to a match starts this way it ramps up here it rounds up here and then by the time you get to 10-15 minutes there's only so much you can subvert you know this match has to end at some point so there will be times now people just bust out the absurd in moments where they don't expect it. So I've seen in R-Ring, actually it's something that I did a while back. I was involved with this match. I was a participant, but I was like producing things on the side. We had a hardcore match which involved weapons. So mm. people are allowed to use weapons. And we did a, the fans bring the weapons oh match. Oh my God. <laughs> so you can see like how many ways this thing can go wrong. And before the match started, these guys already like, okay, we, we sort of see there's a kendo stick. This looks good. There's a guitar. This is good. We can break that. Somebody donated the creepiest doll like in the world. Like a baby doll? Like or? a baby, like a raggedy Ann doll with a bonnet and all that. And then they're like, use it in the match. And we're like, okay, that's that's cool. We'll find a way. Somebody gave us a pan, pan that had a face. What do you mean? It was drawn they, on? They think it was clay. A clay? A clay-faced, a clay-faced pan. So it has a face. And... I think the idea was you bonk somebody with it and they gave it a name. I think it was Pani. 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 How Pani naman. Pani Serrano. Oh. That's what it was. There was a Pani Serrano oh. at some point. Because it's a one-off. You have a pan, you have a pan, bop the guy up. And then in the same match, somebody brought branches from like a bamboo segment. So the bamboo is there. The bamboo stick is there for you to use. But there were leaves attached. So you put all of these elements under the ring. And then people would be like, okay, what's he going to get next? Do you choose or is it just a random like... No, it's there. Everyone sort of knows what's under the ring in instances like that. So you'd think that the guy's going to bust out like baseball bat. Right. Shane, the character was in this match. His character is that he was criminally insane for a while. Wow. Vlad Sinsik. He's, okay. like, he's like from a mental institution. Unstable. All of that. And then he reaches under the ring. You've seen the donations. You right. saw what went into the boxes. And then the first thing he pulls out are the leaves. And he's like, oh, <laughs> leaves! And starts proceeding to whack the living heck out of these guys <sighs> with the leaves. It's doing nothing. Yeah, but I'm sure the audience, the audience was is loving like, it. What's going on here? <laughs> and then his partner, who noticed that he went for the leaves, was like, why don't you do that? Look for something that will actually hurt them. He does. And next thing is, oh, it's a candlestick. Ah. Yes. Painful. There we go. That's yes. going to hurt. And then whap. And then he goes back to the leaves. Hmm. I think this will be better. And that was the most absurd moment. And it sticks with the people who watched it because everyone in PWR has some element of comedy with them. Clearly. Like, you can be psychotic killer character. Yeah. But if it ever calls for it, 
Oh, it can be fun. And I've seen that because some of the names of your characters are absolutely ridiculous. Who do you want to start with? Oh, wow. Okay, I loved Yolo, but I know that he's no longer just Yolo. They're, they're twins. They're, no, they're twins. Dibonoging three. They they were three for a while. Okay, that's damn. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about oh, that. Let's talk wow. about these guys. Let's talk about these guys. So, okay. late last year, we ran a whole brainwashing episode, long form brainwashing series of events okay. involving the Yolo twins and Redrick Mahaba. Okay, we have to give up context. Mahaba, there you go. Yeah, no, that's his. That's his name. That's his name. Let's go through the names first. So there's Yolo. Who comes, well, when I saw him, who comes in on a hoverboard, a cape with a Starbucks cup, and he goes around the ring. That's his that and was he him. has that his was own DJ. Who right? was the other YOLO? Oh, I see. At the time. And then eventually he debuted also as a wrestler. Okay. So also, there's, there's, there's lore. There's lo- for people who who want to understand any wrestling promotion or your local wrestling promotion, most of these guys have lore, backstories that stretch three, four years. So this is, just put a pin in where this is happening. This is happening probably 2016 at this point. So. Okay. So that's a funny name for me, YOLO. Yeah. And then there's Capitan. Too. Can we say it? Because it's Capitan. Okay, we can, no, but can, yeah, we, it's this fine. Is, okay, it's okay. Fine. I'm just like, I'm like, it's a funny name. His name is Capitan. Capitan Juan Tutan. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know the Juan was there. The Juan is there. Right. That was that was his deal. He oh, ran damn. with us for a while. Okay. He was with us for Wala a while. No, he's he's now on his own. He's oh. a bad guy now. Kasi. Oh, I see. Okay, so that's another funny name. There was the Redrick Mahaba is Redrick Mahaba is pretty funny. Oh god. And then there was this gay wrestler that I saw. Martivo. Martivo. Martivo in himself is not funny. But his moves are but funny. His mo- he it's kalog. Right. It's Kalog. It's like a, after he'll hit someone, he'll say charot. Because he okay, um let's let's focus on Martivo for okay. like a few seconds. When you have a gay wrestling character, everyone's like, Oh, he has to be super effeminate, he has to be right. super oh, no, like out there. No, dude, this guy is one of the hardest hitting mofos yeah. in our promotion. Yeah. He just happens to be gay and at the same time he is openly gay about his character. So the character is gay. The person portraying the character is gay. The character is very pro-LGBT in his performance. And naturally, the character and the person are both like, ah, macharot sila. They will do the hand gestures. They will be like that. And it comes out in situations where you slap a guy, charot. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. Like, there are moments like that that require so much comedic timing to get it right because there are so many levels to it. Yeah. It's like there's physical comedy where you're hitting a guy. There's the no thing you say after. This thing you say after the follow the up, line. the punchline. Yeah. And then there's the reinforcement. Na hey guys, I'm still about having fun, but I really want to beat this guy up. <laughs> that plays into his character. So if you've watched our shows and you come out and you heckle him for being gay, the audience will jump on you yeah. and be like, "That's not the point. That's not the point. Shut up. Watch him actually murder the yeah. other guy." <laughs> Which he's done on multiple occasions. Yeah. When I saw the match, he won. He won that match. I'm trying to remember which one this was. but I forgot. He was but, wearing this headdress. Oh, that was a good costume. Yeah, he's evolved it a lot to the point that he's changed his theme song so that it's more budots. Mm. And it's more danceable. Right. There have been instances where he has people coming out with his rainbow flag. And then they're dancing around oh, and parading. so cute. To the point that they would have the party poppers. Yeah. 
with the confetti. And it's just super <laughs> flamboyant. Am I a drag show? It borders on that. He takes a while to get his entrance in, but then the five minutes that that takes, it's like, is this a drag show? What am, where am where I? Am what I? is going on? But I like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that takes a while to create. Where it's the character, the music, the entrance, and the packaging. So that when this happens, it's like, oh, he is super gay about this but when he jumps into the ring and they introduce him where did all of that go where did all of the neon where did all of the confetti where did that all go it's still there but it's now in the form of a gay man that's how he identifies that wants to beat the ever-living crap out of you exactly because you are in his way and for some people the connection in their head takes a little longer Mm -mm -mm. but when you get down to it you can still see na He's having fun. He's a wrestler. He's very open about what he's doing. And for others, it's just like, oh man, I never want to see this guy. I never want to be in. I don't want to be in a fight with this guy. I don't want to mess with him. And rightfully so, because he is an ass kicker. There was also another character that I found interesting because in the match, I found it so funny. In the match that I saw, he didn't fight, but he, I don't know if he's a fighter. Okay. Okay. He is a, a C. Or something like that. Like Mr. C. Mr. C. <laughs> Mr. C. Please tell our listeners he is about a manager. Mr. C. Okay. He is he a manager. Is a Chinese-Filipino manager. And right now, See, he is just, the... This, this is the This whole, is the absurdity. This is the absurdity it's that so we funny. reach. So, we had... he Because we came in at the same time. Okay. In like off-screen, we were high school classmates. We ah. are good friends. We came into this together. On screen, he is the perfect foil to my group. He has a group. I have a group. We both have gangs and we've crossed paths many times. Gangs? Well, it's like factions. The character, the Mr. C character, does things that other wrestlers can't get away with. He has been known to hijack Chinese holidays and make them his own. Most recently, our last show was on the same week as Chinese New Year. You get the Ampaus. Inside the Ampaus... He put the most generic comments that you can find for wrestling fans. Use deodorant. Please get a real job. And the best one was, no one wants to have sex with you because you're fat. He puts them inside the ampau and gives them out to people. (laughs) And they think, we're going to get money, free money. And then he'd have a box of tikoi that's unusually light that has the same messages inside. And he'll give them away. And when people get it, oh, this is funny. But at the same time, he's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> but we want to laugh at you because you're telling us that we're useless and all of that. When his character at times has been like a failure in his aspects as a manager. Only now that he's really gotten to this point where you have to take him seriously and be very respectful. He's pulling a lot of strings to make the wrestling happen. But when he does this, he adds an element that people are like... it. It's part of like the entire package of the show. Like it's a small thing. It's a cultural thing. It's local flavor. It's local flavor, but he makes it his own and he puts so much effort into these things. And then how are you a bad guy? Yeah. Like at times and that happens with all of us. People are like, "How are you a good guy? How are you a bad guy when we're so entertained by you? We wish that we could cheer for you because you're so cool, but then no, I'm a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rake his eyes." <laughs> and people do that and there's always this opportunity for you to show that you're more than just a stereotype. So Mr. C in particular is one of these guys who for a while was bumbling and oh, I have money but I don't know what to do with it and then I'm gonna bet on the wrong guy and lose my job. And then he comes back and says, I'm gonna be ruthless now. I've learned my lesson but 
I'm done with making you people happy. Character development. Character development. And that's one of the things that when you get attached to a character in wrestling, mm. regardless of what promotion it is, regardless of its local or foreign, let's take Capitan Juan Tutan. When he started out with us, his entire shtick revolved around his privates because he was a security guard, private, he'd wear barong and mm. nothing else. Oh, wow. Like, like just trunks but just the barong the whole packaging was his own he mm. thought a lot about it. but with the group he'd bounce off ideas it's like how much penis jokes are too many penis jokes until mm. it gets to the point where he starts having these higher profile matches where it's not just about look the guy fell on my crotch area and now he's concussed <laughs> that right. was the joke that it's like if anything touches his nether region that's gonna hurt and you use it as a weapon at some point people stop thinking about it that way and it never crossed their mind that oh yeah why isn't he using his dick anymore because he's a good enough wrestler that you can take him seriously and then he goes too far on that end where he becomes so serious so focused on winning because he's had a taste of it that he's like I'm so done with your ragtag group of misfits because you guys keep losing it's not fun anymore I want to take a steel chair to everyone's heads and just bash you over it and become the most hated person in the company. Which he is right wow. now. I believe he is the most hated. He doesn't even need theme music anymore. He just walks out after his introduction. And people just boo him. <laughs> so he goes from this lovable character who's like, dick jokes, personified. Now it's, we just hate you now. And that happened over the course of two years. And it happened organically. So um, the packaging I noticed in every show is... Malaki yung budget niyo. Fairly, yes. Yeah, for the videos. The videos are very well shot. Thank the you. The graphics that you have, you put the, in the, the animations. The yeah, yes. the like the, that's The industry term is tron. I see. And the music. Alam ko, original music din yung ginagamit. Well, some of them. 90% of it is 90%. original music. And there are some people who get licenses for their songs. So it's really a big thing. Like, if you have a character... Do you personally work on your packaging or is it the company? What happens is that there are many ways to go about it. There's always going to be an aspect that you have to put effort into your character. You, not just your character, but your look. The company will only go so far. The company can say, okay, we can give you the footage from your matches here. If you want somebody to help you with your video, you can do this. But there's only so much we can do. So if you want your own theme music, you can go on YouTube. You can find license-free music. And then that's zero risk. And then you build a video around that. And then everything sort of lines up with your character. You package it together, put it out to the show. You can do that in about three hours. If you don't think too hard about it, you can find an unlicensed song from YouTube, rip it, put it in editing software, build a video around it, your name, that's it. I have a question about training, kind of. This is pulling back the curtain. A little bit, but we can, we can. More because... I noticed, mm -hmm. and this is just my personal opinion, that the more athletic ones mm -hmm. are the women. Well, our from girls the are... matches that I've seen. We have five active girls under PWR, all of whom are beasts. Crystal, dude! Crystal is, okay, Crystal is the highest profile of them because Insane. she's the one who tours Southeast Asia. She's gone to Japan. She's gone... She does gymnastics. She does gymnastics. She has a moveset that's very unlike any other girl 
or boy out there because it's very unique in a sense. What she does is no different from what the other girls do. Their training is very similar. You learn how to roll around, how to fall, but making it your own is what she did very well. And we also have this rule in PWR. If you're good enough to go, you don't just fight the girls. The girls will fight whoever they right. want. We've had instances where it's like, okay, you want to go one-on-one against the best guy in the company? We can arrange for that. But there's no special rules for you. Exact mm-hmm. same rules, exact same platform, level footing. With our girls, Kaseo, Crystal is... Amazing. Is gymnastic. Love is her. gymnastic and hard-hitting. I love you, Crystal. Just saying. We have two very punk-centric girls in Nina and Robin who are both like very musically oh, Robin, influenced. Yes. Robin, you remember her. But these two girls are very punk rock Mm-mm. type girls. We have Jemmerlyn who is our girl. <laughs> it's, funny. It's, a funny, it's a funny name. Very well-rounded in a sense. She will wrestle but she will also be super puck cute every step of the way. Is this her real name? No. So, this is her character's so name. So she chose a funny name. With three H's in it. It's Jehe Meher Lin. There you go. I was looking for the comedy in the There's, girl. It's, right now, she's involved in a dysfunctional tag team with a guy who is a hipster. So you can see, it's like it's not even good cop, bad cop dynamic. It's One is super ridiculous. Both are trying very hard to be competent wrestlers. Right. But you put them together, the dynamic is super hilarious. Yeah. And when it plays out in a match... You can see it very clearly. She will be like, she'll have a guy in a submission and then go up to a photographer and be like, look at me, nagpapakyuta ko, and I have him in a submission, but he's not tapping yet. And then you will hear her partner on the side being like, hoy, focus. Right, You're, right, you, right, have, right. you have him where you want him, tag me in. And she'll be like, no, I have him. And it's like, I'm going to win and be cute. And then boom, she gets hit in the face. Oh, oh no. no. She's in my gang. <laughs> She knows her market and she knows how to sell herself to our audience. I have to be cute, but I also have to have an element of seriousness so that you take me seriously. But the pakute will always be there. The bubbliness is always there. Mm. And when that goes away, then she's not Jemmerlin anymore. She's like the best example of if you want to look for that comedy in women's wrestling in particular. Very good ambassador for it. If you are performing as a professional wrestler, you have undergone so much training that falling down is second nature yeah, learning bruising. how to bruising bruising is like you just get used to it yeah la lang la lang oh I separated my shoulder uh, okay la lang pop it back in I sprained my ankle okay we have a show next week tape it these are real things that yeah. not just our girls but everyone puts up with and if you get far enough the audience knows you yeah. sees you that means I've gotten past most of the hard part which is the training I'm out there now now for the much harder part of sustaining so going back to the girls why are there so few girls because not everyone who comes through our system thinks it's going to be this hard I have to work out for this amount of time that we're in the gym like in the gym together in the ring together and learning how to do this Mm. and then during the week I have to go to the gym too the muscle set that you have to develop for wrestling Lifting weights and lifting human beings is two different things. And even like in the best case, you're thinking, well, what's it worth it to me? Do I love this enough? Do I want this enough? Yeah, I actually did talk to Crystal about it when when I saw her. And she goes abroad to study. Yeah, like that's that's the com- level of commitment. She will go abroad because I asked her about injuries. She's like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. They happen. Yeah, they yeah. happen. But yeah. if you have a big show coming up, in our case, we have it lined up 
usually towards the end of the month. If you get hurt the week before, it's like, oh no, you're going to work hurt. Do we rewrite the show around that? Is it that bad? Has happened. Like, you will never know that somebody was seriously injured, but it has happened in the past. But when you're doing it for a living, there's like, there's steps that you take. There are limitations. There are limitations. And then sometimes, how do you compensate for that? Is by throwing in things that are less risky. So it's also learning how to work a crowd. I used to watch when it was still WWF. I was a big fan. Showing your age. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. Like, I hit the tail end of WWF. Yeah, before it became a panda. Who are your wrestling idols? And I don't know if you should categorize it by skill or by absurdity. There are promotions out there that are hinged on the absurd. There is one company in Japan called DDT. Their entire premise is that we're just going to do the silliest things at any given time and you're going to enjoy it and love it and we're never going to explain ourselves. So they've had instances where people come out, they do a match, and it's a very serious match, like how you would think a wrestling match goes. And then towards the end, as the guy is about to get pinned, they'll go into a flashback dream sequence, kill the lights, it's going on like the big screen, our childhood, our friendship, (laughs) all of this... And it's not between the two people in the ring. It's between the guy getting pinned and the referee. Labo. And it's like, you're just watching it. What is going on? Have I been chloroformed? This, this promotion, it's like you watch them. They have some of the best wrestlers in Japan that people don't talk about because it's so niche. How are the general viewing audience going to take this seriously? But the technical skill that it takes to hit the moves and to make it that funny I've watched so much of that over the course of eight years. These guys are geniuses. Yeah. And they go around the world. They've gotten enough recognition now that it's like their top guys get brought to the States to bring that brand wherever they go. So there are elements of that, like in my fandom. Do they break character? No. That's the thing. There is one guy who is exclusively, almost exclusively butt stuff. He uses his butt as a weapon. You know how people have monikers. His yeah. moniker is the funky weapon. And it's his butt. So he will be like, in an instance where you would think there is a clothesline, he will jump, use his butt, turn into your face, and hit you. With his, with his butt. butt. The guy executing the move has to jump high absurdly enough. higher than what you think people <laughs> can do. He has to coordinate it enough that his butt is hitting enough of somebody's face that it looks like he's been hit for real. Why does it work? And the same guy, the same guy, Ryusuke Taguchi, for anyone who is going to look this up, he has an alter ego as a horse. Not as a man who is a horse. He was a horse who was adopted as wrestlers, and he's just wearing a mask, a horse mask. And he was and he made an entire backstory in one backstage interview where he's like, So why are you a horse? Why are you a wrestler? And he's just like, on the spot. My parents were I lost my parents. I am a horse. Wrestlers adopted me, and now I'm wrestling for this promotion. What? And no one understood it. Under and nobody cared. Like nobody. Nobody questioned it because they're yeah. like, it's still the same colors, it's still the same voice. He didn't change that. But then it's like you look at it. We know it's you under the mask, <laughs> and he's in denial. I was never a horse. So it's it's Andy Kaufman s, and it goes that far. And he's one of Damn. my favorites. He's one of my favorites. Have you ever broken character? Yes. Yes. Really? I. Me personally, like if you're gonna talk about Grab Camus, 
crab camels and rough camels, there's a line. There's like a thick line that can be crossed and is usually crossed. With other people, it's really like, I'm just going out there. That's who I really am, amplified. In my case, there's a lot of delineation. You know where the line is. You as my friend, if you come to a show and you see the Grab Gamos character, you know it's me. But the mannerisms are very much designed in a way, depending on where I am story-wise. There are times you get too excited about something. This happens to even the best of us. You will have these micro-inflections. And then people will catch that. And they know in that moment, that was real. It's something that you will always see when somebody wins their first championship. They will look at that belt and they will not necessarily cry, but then there's there's you this real the, moment. Yeah. That's like one of the best instances of breaking character. And that's I've where the audience sees the authenticity. And that's where they see it. I do want the listeners to know how regular your performances are. You can always look us up at P- the Philippine Wrestling Revolution On anywhere. Facebook, Facebook yeah. Instagram. It's there always front and center. Shows will happen usually at the end of the month. All right. Well, thank you so much for being thank on the you, show. Arne. Like this is this is so we're, great. We're holding arms right now. It's so great. The listeners, I hope your minds are open to many different types of comedy. Like I said earlier, we have a thriving comedy scene here in Manila. There are so many shows that you can go watch from stand-up to wrestling to improv, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. I hope